<clears throat> I land Angelo. This is December 16th. Uh, losing anybody's game. Too much salt. If I had more time, would anything be different? Uh, a blind man with a simple solution that requires sight. These are things that are on my mind this morning. I am not in high spirits this morning. I had a pretty rough evening and uh, uh, morning. Uh, I am uh, going to make an attempt to find value and change in this situation instead of complaining. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to complain first. I tried to wedge an extra thing into my schedule. And I, you know, with this freelance thing sort of on hold until I hear from my client again, uh, there was not a whole lot of, of uh, uh, responsibility uh, ahead of me, but uh, I, I don't know, I have my little, I have my project for December, which is, it's, 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 preparing myself to, to attack projects in, in January, real projects, art projects. And I sort of put that aside to, to do an extra thing. Um, I'm going to a Christmas party on Saturday, and I have, uh, I have an engagement this evening, so I'm not free this evening. The party on Saturday is a group of college friends from of mine and uh, they are all artists for the most part and so there, there's going to be a white elephant gift exchange is something they do every year and uh, the the gift should be handmade it should be art that's what everybody usually does and it's really great because you have an opportunity to get a piece of art at a at a party like that and then put a piece of art out there and it's, it's a good opportunity and I, I always look kind of look forward to it kind of dread it So I wanted to make a, a white elephant gift for this party. And I came up with an idea that involves a white elephant as a subject matter. And I had a concept and then I wanted to execute that with paint. Because I have always been a painter and I, it's been a while since I've done, since I've put any real paintings out there. For the past, I don't know, almost a decade I've been working on commercial art, and, and it's sort of not a lot of opportunities to do painting like that. Not not in the kind of work that I've ended up doing. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, last night I stayed up trying to make progress on this painting. Last night was the final night that I had to work on this. I'm going to be busy for the rest of the the rest of the two days that are left and I won't really have time to wedge in some more painting. So last night was my night to do that. I got up early yesterday. I worked on it in the morning. I went to work and I came home and I worked on it some more with the goal of finishing. And I had set out a game for myself, a strategy. I would not do X, Y, and Z you know, I would limit myself in colors, I would limit myself in scope, I would limit myself with brushes, I was using bigger brushes, 
these are strategies you can use as a painter to sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, it creates a style and a look. That's one way to do it. And then there's another way, which is if you got to get something done, I learned this in school, and you got a night to do it, you got to find a way to give yourself useful limitations. It's one of those topics that has come up before. Uh, the thing about traditional painting, and that's why I, I said losing everyone's, anyone's game. I don't know a lot about sports, but I've heard this expression. Anyone, it's anyone's game at this point. Uh, and some games are like this all the way through. I think tennis is like this, where uh, the scoring is such that anybody could win at any point, right? You don't get so behind that you can't pull it out again. Is that right? I, again, I don't know a lot about sports ball. But I know there's some games when you're behind, you just people start leaving, right? <laughs> like if two hours in, people start leaving the stadium. I think there are games like that. This isn't, painting is not like that. You would think it would be, but it's not. Especially when you paint the way that I do, sort of expressionistic or an attempt to be impressionistic as well. Use a lot of color and whatever. At any point, a painting can go from, can tip. There's a, there's a very delicate balance to there, but it's anybody's game the whole time. You can put down a color next to another color that, that destroys an entire area of the painting. Or you can put down a color next to another color that uh, resurrects something that wasn't working before. It's incredible. And it is a tightrope that you have to walk when you're a traditional painter. Uh, it's not so much like this with illustration that is colored because... Painting doesn't rely as heavily on line, and line salvages almost anything. They always say if you get your values right, you could do anything in a painting, and that's true. That's true. But there's a delicate balance with the color as well. So the two things that are in flux the entire game are the value and the color. The value, the light and dark, the color, the, the different hues, right? Colors have value, so you, when you mix a color, you got to be mixing a value. You have to keep track of your values as well. The whole thing is a very delicate balance, especially when you're painting something you're not observing. This is different with observational painting because when you're looking at something that's right in front of you, you're making interpretations of the real world, and this is not like that. I'm painting something from my head. The reference I have has nothing to do really with the colors that I'm using. Maybe there are values in the reference that help. Maybe I did, a, I did a study, for example, a value study that I could refer back to, a sketch. Uh, those are strategies to help you through it, but, the, but for, the, for the process of putting the paint on canvas and mixing the paint up and, and trying this color next to this color, it is a, uh, it's a game the whole time, and you never know who's going to win. It's always anybody's game. The thing can come through at the very last minute with one brush stroke. And, and that's imp it's, it's kind of incredible. And it's not, it's not something that most people would understand or, or even believe. But I'm telling you from experience that you can resurrect an entire piece of shit painting with a couple of brush strokes and the right colors and values. And it's amazing. When it happens, you'll see it happen. 
right before your eyes, and it's like a friggin' magic trick. Uh, the uh, unfortunately, the inverse of that can also happen. A couple of bad decisions can can put you in a in a situation where you're lost in the woods. I know that's all very vague and abstract, but so's painting. Language fails it, but that is that's the experience anyway. It's it's uh, a little bit like playing Jenga, you know. I'm gonna pull out this block, and maybe this structure that we're looking at here is delicate and beautiful, and maybe the whole fucking thing falls on the ground. Who knows? Maybe I crush my toe this time. You know, there's a bar I love to go to called the Wayfarer out here, and. and uh, they got a giant Jenga set made out of two by fours, cut up into little pieces. Those things will break your friggin' toe. What kind of whose idea was that? Like drunk people should be playing with stacked two by fours. Is that a good idea? Be like wine and cheese night at the Home Depot. All right, everybody, go pick out some two by fours. Make sure they're straight and no knots. Those knots will wreak havoc with the uh, bandsaw. I'm real freaking tired. Size up until 1.30 in the morning. Uh, wrestling with this painting. And I lost. I lost the game. Ultimately, the thing that lost the game for me was too much salt. This is a metaphor I can use that everybody can kind of relate to, which is cooking. I'm not, a, I'm not a cook, like, as a hobby. But I do cook. I enjoy cooking. I'm not good at it, necessarily. I can follow a recipe and I can mess with it. And when you mess with it, it's when you get in trouble. And my, <laughs> I think the bane of my existence with cooking is the, are the words salt and pepper to taste. Don't you hate that when they throw that in at the end? To taste? Well, look, what does that mean? Whose taste? Mine? Yours? The person I'm serving? To taste. So that just means, you know... Add a little bit, try it, add a little more, try it. But don't add too much salt. Because once you add too much salt, it can't, be, it can't be resurrected. I know some people say you can add sugar and citrus or whatever. I heard that before, but that's kind of nonsense. You, if you've got something that's working, and you're thinking, well, it just needs a little bit of salt, and it'll be perfect. Just a little bit of that thing that makes your tongue sting a little bit and, and, and like, I don't know, makes the flavor stick. That's all it needs is a pinch of salt. But you pinch too much salt. And it ruins it. It goes over the edge. And then all of a sudden, all you taste is salt. And then you have to explain. Well, this is good, but it's salty. I'm not a fan of salt in the first place. My mother cooked everything out of a can. So... Fresh vegetables, uh, seasonings. These are not concepts my mother understood. She's a child of the, the 1950s, right? 40, late 40s and 50s. And I think during that period of time, America really prided itself. Pr pride? Pride, prided itself on the fact that it could make a bunch of canned garbage. They, everybody was super proud of their canned garbage. Cookbooks from canned. You know, the canned meat cookbook, uh, the Jello cookbook, 
the boxed potatoes cookbook. What kind of, what were we doing? People were still growing food, but it wasn't fancy. It was only fancy if it came out of a package. That's the way, I think that's the way my mom thought. She's a working mom. I'm going to cut her a break, but God dang it. A little bit of salt, maybe? My mom never salted anything. My dad would put ketchup on everything. These are the people that raised me. So I don't have a big, a big affinity for salt. I don't care one way or the other. But, but I, have, I have tried to salt and pepper to taste and added too much salt. And it's a disaster. It pushes it over the edge. I'm getting at a point. This is what happened with my painting last night. I was doing okay. I had some things that were working. I had some things that needed work on the painting. There were areas that needed to be pushed. And I added too much salt. And I did that at the, at the, you know, the final hour. The 11th hour. That was probably 1.30 in the morning. My 11th hour is always like 1 at 2 a.m. Anyway, I was at a point where I was like, you know, if I can just push these two areas, I can call this done. And I was using a strategy because I've been talking myself down from a ledge all month about how to let go, how to find ways to do less, to make pieces that have less detail, all that stuff. I've been like a constant barrage of, of comments like that in my own head, trying to talk it out, trying to remember. And then I tried it as a strategy last night on a painting and I failed. I pushed the painting too far. I made a series of decisions. The thing about a painting is you you can add too much paint to it and then it just falls apart. And it's not like you can continue to paint over it. At some point it becomes like a, uh, I don't know, it becomes kind of gummy surface and, and really ugly. And, and then it's not worth salvaging. Now, if I had another day, what I would do is I'd take it out in my garage and sand it down and whatever. But I can't do that. Can't do that. I don't have time. So the next thing I wrote down, if I had more time, would anything be any different? Well, I think if I had more time to work on this, if I suddenly had another day to work on this, maybe things would be different. Uh, but if I had three weeks in the beginning when I started, I probably would have gone epic like I always do. And I would have had to remind myself, you know, you're usually going to get down to the day before when you're trying to finish this thing. That's just how things work out. If I had more time, would it be any different? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be any different. I would have made the same decisions. I might not have been as tired. It's never a good idea to push things until the night before, but, you know, couldn't be helped. It is, as they say, what it is. You know what it's like? It's a little bit like... It's just better than a cooking metaphor. It's a little bit like when you're... Uh, <laughs> you're getting ready for the junior prom and you're 16 years old. And Joey G... What does it G stand for? Gabagool. Joey G's going to show up at your door at uh, 5.15 and he's going to whisk you away to an enchanted evening at the high school gym. It's, <laughs> it's 1988. And you, all you got to do, you're in your dress. All you got to do is put a little rouge on your cheeks because you've done everything. You look great. Put a little rouge on your cheeks. Maybe 
<laughs> do the lip liner. An extra glossy. Some of that bubblegum flavored uh, and scented gloss that you put on your lips so that you look wet. Constantly. You look like you've been e- eating back bacon or uh, pork belly. That's what, that's what, that's what 16 year olds in 1988 wanted to look like. I've been eating pork belly. <laughs> I just, I just had some sliders. So, sorry. So your lips are greasy. Your dress is beautiful. Just gotta rouge your cheeks and put some mousse in your hair. That's all that it's 1988. Just a little bit of mousse and I'm done. I just gotta do a little mousse, a little bit of a tousle. And then I'm ready to meet Joey G. He's going to show up. He's going to fall in love. We're going to have six kids. (laughs) Get that place in Long Island my parents have been talking about. Uh, Just a little bit of moose. Now, girls in Bushwick, they love moose in 1988. But unfortunately, when you're spraying out the moose, you get a little too much in your hand. Just a little too much. Just just like, I don't know, one little squeeze too much. <laughs> and you put it in your hair and then your hair falls. It looks like, I don't know, <laughs> like, it, like it's been plastered. Like you got Vaseline in your head. And you can't revive your hair. You're going to have to wash it out, which means you're going to make up your, you mess up your makeup. So suddenly, a little rouge and a little mousse goes into another hour of preparing again. That's what it was like last night. And Joey G's at the front door. He borrowed his dad's Plymouth. What am I going to do? I got to wash my hair out. It's going to take an hour. He's going to lose patience. He's probably going to go to McDonald's without me. I'm not going to be able to go to McDonald's, pre-party at McDonald's with all the other girls. I'll miss the junior prom. My whole life will be ruined. That's what happened. Why did this matter to me? Because I really wanted to impress the people at this party. And if I'm being honest with myself, that's what it is. I wanted to impress the people at this party, and I, I, I screwed up this painting, and now I don't have it. I can't bring it, but I'm, I'm being honest with myself. It, it didn't. It's really not legible anymore. So, so either some miracle has to happen, or I'm going empty-handed, and I'm not participating in this gift exchange. <clears throat> last thing I wrote was a blind man with a simple solution that requires sight. Boy, that, there ain't nothing subtle about that. I wanted to come up with something clever, but that didn't, that didn't come out this morning. My brain is, is fried. It is fried day. <laughs> All right, a blind man with a simple solution. What is that about? There are times with a painting or an art piece when you're uh, you're operating blind. You just don't you don't see anymore. You can't you can't find the solution. You can see the problems. You can't see the solution. And sometimes you can see nothing. Sometimes you've been staring at something so long it all goes blank. And it'll take another month or two before you can revisit that and and see it with the perspective that will uh, be a, a productive. <clears throat> if you ever wanted to go back and fix something like that. 
that's the situation I'm in right now. I'm looking at the painting this morning after I slept Amiga four hours and, and looking at it and thinking about, geez, what it's going to take to pull this out. And it's just, I, I can't see it. I'm blind. And I know there's a simple solution because with painting there always is. You know, in class, what would happen is you'd, you'd be struggling. You'd be in the, in the trenches on something for hours. And the instructor will come by at some point and uh, mix a couple colors and put them down and, and resolve your problem for you. That's a sighted man coming over and, and uh, you know, putting the shoelaces in the blind man's shoe. That's a good one. How do they do that? I guess you can feel that. What can't blind people do? Jeez, I, I may have fried my brain today. I may have actually done it, finally done it. Good thing I documented it for, for posterity. I'm, I'm sad today about that painting. I'm sad. I'm real disappointed. What can I learn from it? Stop trying to impress people. Uh, don't wrap up your whole self-worth into a piece that will probably fail you. Or can easily fail you, I suppose, is another way to say that a little more positive. Don't put uh, everything that you have... Don't he put all your money on them. On, I always bet on black. Everything on black. Don't do that. Uh, I could have done a drawing, I think. And been finished and happier with this. I think that's probably where I went wrong. I should have done a drawing and I should have known better. I should have known that a painting would be, even if I gave myself limitations and rules, I should have known that a painting had too many variables. Uh, should have stuck with a, you know, trying to think of an analogy. Making the ultimate hoagie. Or the ultimate uh, cheese and cracker dish is a lot different than trying to make souffle or uh, lasagna or uh, I don't know whatever's complicated. It's different. If if you're tired, if you have limited time, you know, make make cheese and crackers for the party. Don't make don't try and make a souffle. Even a simple souffle. Not a good idea. So that's what I can learn from that. I suppose where to, where I failed is that I looked at my I looked at what I was able to do, and I thought, well, I'm going to push it, but I'm not going to push it all the way. Like I know that a painting is harder to do than a drawing, but I'm going to do a simpler painting, and so I can get the best of both worlds. And I I fooled myself again. I fooled myself again. It's not because I can't paint. It's because I didn't have, I didn't have everything I needed to do with this job, and I, I feel I guess I feel sad because this is yet another time when I when I have failed to meet a deadline, 
and failed to live up to even a limited expectation that I set for myself. And it's sort of like, well, where the hell do I go from here? I'm, I'm trying really hard to reevaluate what I do before I start. Well, you know, I'm new at it, I guess. I'm still trying to find the balances. Still trying to find where that, is, where that place is that I can live. And I've found it, and this is fine. It's a, it's a minus setback. It's not going to be the end of the world if I don't have anything for this. Yeah, all right. Well, useful, I hope. Live and learn. Uh, maybe another, right in the middle of December, another good lesson to to take into January. Maybe I needed another little... Uh, piece of punctuation in this essay that I'm writing for myself in the future. I need a little bit of a an exclamation mark right here. Or a dot, dot, dot. An ellipses. Why do they call that ellipses? They're circular. You know, it's three circles. They call it an ellipses. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is Leonard Angelo. This is December 16th.